understand the type of coach you need and then find somebody that is literally 10 or 20 steps ahead of you. Not, I say this one all the time, Michelle, stop chasing the advice of billionaires. Billionaires can't help you if you've got 5 million in revenue. They're so far above you. That's that rounding error in the decisions they make every day. You need to find somebody who's literally lived and breathed what you've done in the last four, five, 10 years so that they have real world, real time experience that they can help you with. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Brian. Brian, thank you so much for being here with us today. So I appreciate you having me on. We're going to have some fun. We are. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. That's a long story, and it involves probably seven different companies in four different industries, starting in landscaping, went to insurance, went to uh, an online company that did online marketing, two venture capital exits, a private equity exit, consulting for Fortune 500 companies, wrote three books. My latest one just came out this week. I'm in politics. I sit on city council in my hometown. I've consulted and trained, and today I run a mastermind and one-on-one -on -one coaching program for entrepreneurs. That's the short story. <laughs> Excellent. So with that background, how did you decide to land on the coaching side of things? You know, I spent 30 years doing corporate consulting, uh, building businesses, selling them, the private equity, et cetera. Consulted for Fortune 500 companies in sales and sales management. Did a lot of turnaround work on direct-to-consumer call centers. And then kind of quit all that. And I took time off and went out and chased my passions for a while. Became a pilot, a dive master, climbed mountains and jumped out of airplanes and traveled the world and and then really got down to where I thought, you know, I need to take some of this, this background experience I've got and see if I can push it down into what we call the well-funded startup to $10 million entrepreneur level. So I wrote a couple of books, started doing some consulting, just recently launched this new mastermind and, uh, you know, just off to the races. Here we go. Thanks. I love it. So who now would you say you serve and support? You mentioned that's the one to 10 million, or is that their goals yeah. and objectives is to get there? No, I, I look for either a well-funded startup, somebody, mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to say this, but somebody can afford to pay me all the way through about $10 <laughs> million dollars in revenue, right? Yep. And it's, 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 it's an entrepreneur that's trying to get launched and grow. It's someone that has a business that might be stagnant. They, they're not growing like they'd like to. They can't figure out how to scale. Or someone who's really, you know, in the next two to five year time frame, they want to get their business ready to do an exit. And if they fit into any of those three buckets, you know, we have core metrics or key things that we talk about in our coaching and our, our mastermind. And so we, we focus on those and help them achieve those goals. Nice. I love it. So what would you say are some of the uh, typical challenges that somebody would have at that area besides the stagnation or kind of let's dive into that stagnation and why does it happen at that particular level? So this is a key. And I've had this conversation with, with I'm talking mega guys in the business and, and fortune 50 executive coaches. And the answer always comes back to the same thing, Michelle. You are who you are and who you are got you where you are. And if you want to level up from where you are, then you need to change who you are because who you are isn't going to get there, right? So if you need to level up, you need to change. You need to find somebody that can help you do that. And that's by overcoming some of the things or learning some of the principles or overcoming some of the challenges that you haven't yet figured out how to overcome. And that's what coaching really does, right? Mm -hmm. My job as a coach, or if you, you've talked to somebody else, 
Their job is to say, hey, I've already made those mistakes. I've already done that wrong. Here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to, to, to structure your business or focus on your sales organization. These are the pitfalls you don't want to fall into. Don't do this. Don't do that. And that will help you grow, amplify, accelerate, and level up your business. So nice. it's really about you. So what would you say to the entrepreneurs or the founders who are going, well, yeah, but that's why I hired a team. That's why I hired experts. They're supposed to be doing their thing mm -hmm. so that we, you know, uh, as the all tides rise <laughs> and all boats, uh, whatever that expression is. Because um, a lot of entrepreneurs think if I hire the experts in those areas, then they should take care of that, right? There is a difference between what we call hard skills and soft skills in business. Okay. And I, I like to bring things to an extremely simplistic example. And my extremely simplistic example here is Joe the plumber has a plumbing business. If his business doesn't grow, it's not because Joe doesn't know how to be a plumber. He could be the best damn plumber you've ever seen in your life. But Joe doesn't know how to grow a business. And that's a completely different skill set. If you've ever read books like even Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or Blink, or the E-Myth, it talks about the different personalities within your business. Experts and technicalities don't know how to grow a business. That's a skill set that an entrepreneur, a visionary, or a really good CEO has. So I can hire all the experts in my particular business, but that doesn't mean that I know how to actually grow that business from a business perspective. Forget the technical stuff. We're getting into the mental soft skills about what it takes to grow. Nice. So when somebody has kind of a team built, because um, I'm assuming that at that kind of one to five, let's call it million, that they're going to have some sort of team in place. But then they, in my experience, tend to lose sight of what does a CEO do? And CEO in air quotes is like, I get it. I've moved into this position. Now I have a team. Now what am I yep. supposed to do? So this is a classic mistake for entrepreneurs. Okay, Just because you're an entrepreneur does not mean you are a CEO. Those are different skill sets. Entrepreneurs think at 30,000 feet. They think in bullet points. They survive in chaos. They can operate on, on multiple things at the same time, but generally are terrible at details. They're terrible at managing things at a minute level. That is a CEO. That is a manager. Too many entrepreneurs start businesses and think, well, in fact, I just had this conversation last week. I was in St. Pete with a, with a mastermind organization. And a, and a guy said, well, I'm trying to grow my business and it's not working. And I said, well, would you consider replacing yourself as a CEO? And he said, no. I said, why? He says, because I have the vision. I said, Max, vision does not mean you can manage and grow a company. It means you're a visionary. You've got concepts, you've got ideas, but you need other people to execute it. Your ego that tells you you need to have a CEO title is what's holding you back. Not the same skill set. Anytime a business starts growing, and particularly when you see a companies get acquired, every company I've been a, that have mine that's been acquired, I got replaced as a CEO day one. That's not what I do. I'm good at getting a company so far. I'm not good at managing the day-to-day -day and, and dealing with all the, the nonsense that goes on in those companies. So that's why we bring in CEOs to do that kind of stuff and let us do what we do best, which is be entrepreneurs and visionaries and command and control strategic direction. That's what we do. Don't get caught up in titles. <laughs> so what when somebody replaces themselves as a CEO, what would you recommend is then their, I mean, visionary typically doesn't have a seat on the board, sure. um, but what, how would you, how would you phrase that? And how would you position that for them? Most companies that replace their CEO, the CEO who's the original entrepreneur does end up on the board. And a lot of times they end up as the chairman of the board. Right. And by the way, when we get into this concept of 
of boards and teams, as you put it before. I always use this example with people. If you think of Apple Computer, right? Apple Computer is Apple, one of the largest companies in the world, most revenue, most profitable. And it's run by a guy named Tim Cook. Most people know Tim Cook, right? Tim Cook's got to be a pretty smart guy. And yet Tim Cook still has this board of directors. And by the way, he has a whole team around him, but he still has a board of directors. And that board of directors comes in every quarter from all different industries. And Tim says, these are my problems. These are my issues. That's what's going on with Foxconn. Here's my issues, China. And they all go, okay, based on all of our varied experience in other industries, we think you should do these things. And then Tim Cook takes those ideas, examples, and recommendations, and he uses them to move Apple forward. It's not just the team he has hired. It's the outside advisory people that he brings in. And this is the last piece most people don't know. Tim Cook also has an executive coach, a personal executive coach that comes in and helps him deal with his personal issues and personal things he needs to deal with. So yes, he has a team, but he also has a board of directors, advisors, and he has a personal coach. And yet I see all these young entrepreneurs like, I don't need that. I can do it myself. Well, if Tim Cook needs it, what makes you think you don't? Right. So- what would you say is your philosophy around the executive coaching side of things and how how do you bring that um, vision to fruition for them? Well, first, they need to check their ego and understand that they need to do it, right? It's back to you are who you are, who you are, where you are. You need to understand that if you're going to move forward, if you're going to scale, if you're going to grow, you need to bring somebody in who can help you. Then you've got two different avenues you can go down. And by the way, coaches fall into different levels, right? There's a different coach from what I call my zero to 10 million. You get above 10 million, you're probably going to need somebody different because that's not what I do, right? So I will be a coach for a season. But you need to check your ego and listen to what you're being told from whoever it is you hire. Make sure you vet that person. Make sure they've been there and done that. Make sure they know how to help you avoid those mistakes. And when you find that person, then you need to listen to them. And even then I'll break it into two different types. There are what we call, and I call it the fluffy side. There's the fluffy side of coaching, which is the personal stuff. And then there's the tactical side. I am tactical in nature, right? I was military business guy, driver personality. You hire me and we're going to talk exactly about what you need to do in your business. You need to do this, 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 and this. If you get into the relationship executive coaching, that's a whole different level, a whole different idea. They get into more of the mental attitudes and how you deal with people and build, you know, cohesive teams. That's a different type of coach. So understand the type of coach you need and then find somebody that is literally 10 or 20 steps ahead of you. Not, I say this one all the time, Michelle, stop chasing the advice of billionaires. Billionaires can't help you if you've got 5 million in revenue. They're so far above you. That's that rounding error in the decisions they make every day. You need to find somebody who's literally lived and breathed what you've done in the last four, five, 10 years so that they have real world, real time experience that they can help you with. That's that, That's another critical one. Too many people, I'm gonna go run and see a seminar by Elon Musk. That ain't gonna help you. He's thinking about digging tunnels underneath cities and putting me, people on Mars. How's that gonna help you sell things? It's not. I literally saw a thing with Richard Branson and he's a billionaire many times over. And he he gave some advice to somebody. He said, if you're a young, young entrepreneur, man, you don't need to worry about finances or money. You know. I, I don't know anything about how that works. And I thought to myself, what a terrible, terrible piece of advice to give an entrepreneur. Don't worry about your money. Don't worry about finance. Come on. Maybe as a multi-billionaire, you don't need to worry about it. But I'm telling you at our level, that's one of the most important things you need to learn how to do. Right. So in the 
kind of the realm of when you're working with somebody, what kind of areas of business are you looking at? What becomes primary? Sure. What becomes most important to you? We have four areas we target, right? The first is what I call strategic business direction. You know, strategically, where's your business at? Where's it going? Where do you want it to be? And then how do we get it there? Number two, we talk about building high-performance sales teams. If you're building an organization, somebody's got to sell your product or service, right? Most sales teams are not performing at the level that they could, which is costing you revenue, higher ROI on marketing costs. Building high-performance sales teams is critical. Number three is called measured profitable growth, right? We don't grow for the sake of growing. We don't burn through cash for the sake of burning through cash. We do measured profitable growth. And the last one was one of my favorites, and I call this time travel. And time travel is the historical pattern recognition of your P&L to identify your core metrics, crack them from 24 months back to today, and use that, that pattern recognition core metric tracking to predict what's going to happen in your, your business 12 to 24 months from now based on the decisions you're making today. And pattern recognition through through PL analysis is unbelievably powerful. And I, I walk people to walk people through examples of how that works and show people how they time they can time travel very easily in their business. And um, that's a that's a powerful one. So those are the four areas we focus on. Nice. And just for the sake of semantics, PLs are profit and loss statements. Um, yes. that if you have not seen one before, ask your bookkeeper account for one. <laughs> if you have not seen one before, you better you really go look need at to one. Talk to Brian. <laughs> you really, really, really need to learn this. Because <laughs> no, I do know that a lot of people get kind of wigged out about looking at their P&Ls and um, kind of where the money, where do those numbers come from? How do they read them? How do they know if it's meaningful? And and I think with the help of somebody like you, it becomes a lot easier for one. It's like looking at a spreadsheet. Everybody gets intimidated by them unless they are in love with spreadsheets. <laughs> and uh, being able to know what numbers to look at and, and why well, you're looking at those helps. Yeah, I give you an example. I, I own a chain of restaurants now, one of the yeah. things I do. And we have all these different restaurants and massive P&Ls that, that, that you know, at every single line item cost, fixed cost, variable cost, we call it OPEX. I've broken it down into four metrics. These are, there's only four metrics you need to understand if you're going to run a restaurant. Food costs, liquor costs, labor costs, and revenue. And if you know these four metrics, I don't need to look at every line item. I only need to look at those four. And I've trained my accounting team to, when they do the P&Ls every month, they break down those, met, those, those numbers into those four numbers for me. Let's say your food cost is 28, your liquor cost is 22, your labor cost is 28, and your revenue was X. And I know if those four metrics are in line with the numbers I just said, I know I'm profitable. If I know one of them is too high, then I need, I, that's where we're going to go focus our, our attention on. Because if food cost is too high, we're either giving it away or stealing it. The liquor cost is too high, it's either being given, will, given away or stolen, right? If the labor's too high, people either ride in the clock or the manager's not managing their people. So you can break down massive P&Ls into very simple core metrics that as an entrepreneur, even if you don't understand accounting, I can look at that every month and go, was my labor 28? No, it was 36. Oh my God, I have a problem, right? Then I start breaking down and figuring out what happened. Running a business is, is, is as simple as breaking down your core metrics, understanding them, reporting them. And then you don't have to get all wigged out about all this mass amounts of data that's being fed to you. I love it. So out of all that, what would you say is your favorite part of your business? My business today is 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 working with an entrepreneur and having them go. Well, I didn't know that. I mean, it's little stuff, Michelle. I'll give you two quick examples. 
I was working with uh, a guy, he has a construction company and he said, I've got, you know, $2 million cash in the bank. And I said, in your checking account? And he said, yeah. I said, Lord, son. I said, move that cash into a sweep account, into a money market. He said, what is that? I said, every night the bank sweeps your cash into a money market that's earning four and a half percent interest. Right now your checking's getting 0.05. And then if you write a check, they sweep the money back, pay the check. If you make a deposit at the end of the day, they sweep the money out. Right now you're earning zero money on your, your cash. And if you just set up a simple sweep account, which takes five minutes, you're going to make $6,000 a month in interest that you're not getting right now. And he was like, I've never heard of a sweep account. That's incredible. I'm like, I don't get and it. And that's why you hire a coach. <laughs> that's exactly right. I had another one. I'll give you another great example. Yeah. He said, I'm going to buy this building. I said, okay, it's a, it's a big building, big warehouse. It's a good investment. I have a contractor. They have a 15 years left on their lease. I said, that's awesome. How long is the personal guarantee? What do you mean? I said, well, when I do deals, I sign a three-year personal guarantee. After that personal guarantee is over, I don't care if you have a 15-year lease. That's a month-to-month -month lease because all they have to do is move out, file bankruptcy on the LLC. And not only that, but they don't even have to move out. They can just stop paying you rent, tie you up in a bankruptcy court for the next six to 12 months, hose you over while they're just getting your building for free. So uh, personal guarantees are the only thing that makes that investment worthwhile. Without it, I wouldn't do it. Never heard of that. Again, basic how stuff you think people would understand. Not heard of personal guarantee. I'm, I'm going. How'd you get in there? I in the have. Place? I have. I have acquired so many businesses, and I walk in, and the first thing I ask the person that owns a business is, "Great, you're asking four hundred thousand dollars for this business. I need twenty-four months worth of P and Ls, broken down month over month, all the way up to the last thirty days." And I would tell you, eight times out of ten, they go, "We don't have that information." And I'm always what? like, what? what <laughs> did you file taxes last year? Well, yeah, my, my accountant did that. Well, what do you do with all your receipts? Well, we just, they, we put them in the back in the box and they, I've never looked at it. I mean, you would be blown away at businesses from say zero to about three or 4 million where they have no idea what's going on with finance, none whatsoever. And by the way, in good economic times, that's not, it's, they can, they can survive and make a profit because we're in good economic times, but when something like COVID happens, boom, all the wheat get washed out because they had no idea what was going on. Wow. That's like the third time silently I've been going, what? How? What? I know, <laughs> so, but it's, I'm telling you, I see this over and over and over. Those of you can't see my face, it's like, if you're running your business <laughs> like this, you really have to talk to Brian because that is not a good way to be running your a business. A guy came to me who owned a restaurant. He said, I've seen your restaurants. I've read your, or, I've seen your restaurants. I know you do well. Can I talk to you? I said, sure. He said, I have the next Chipotle concept, right? I have the best taco shop or whatever it is, burrito shop up in North Georgia. I've won awards. I'm the next Chipotle. I'm going to raise money. I'm I said, great. I said, read my book and I'll sit down with you. He says, all right. So the next Wednesday I show up for the appointment. He sits down. I said, how you doing? He goes, I almost didn't show up. I said, why? He goes, I read your book. I know the first question you're going to ask me. I said, what is that? He goes, you're going to ask me for my numbers. I said, that's right. Where are your numbers? He goes, I don't have any. I said, what do you mean you don't have any? He goes, I don't, I don't keep books and records like that. I said, well, are you making money? He goes, I don't know. This was like in August, by the way. I said, well, did you pay taxes last year? Did you file your tax returns? He goes, yeah, I filed my tax returns. I said, did you pay any taxes? He said, nope. I said, well, then you didn't make any money. I said, how are you paying your bills? 
He goes, my wife has a job. I said, all right, hold on. You have no idea. You're actually not making any money. You're living off your wife's income. You're trying to raise money, but you have no books and records and you're going to be the next Chipotle. I'm sorry, son. I said, there's literally nothing I can tell you that's going to help you. This, this is over. You go home and build yourself a set of P&Ls over the last two years. You call me and we'll talk. He was out of business 30 days later. Aww. Actually, it was 90 days later. He didn't know what he was doing. Well, yeah. And it kind of begs the question to how do you know you're the best if like, I you get it? Awards. Your mom and your cousins love the food <laughs> yeah. and that's awesome. But they can't. You got 27 people to vote for you. <laughs> that best burrito in Gainesville. Aww. Well, that, that's a very sad example. Do you have a Cinderella example of somebody that went from kind of, ah, I don't know what I'm doing to, hey, let's get you organized? I'll give you my example, right? So I do a lot of what I teach is my own failures. And I will tell you that I owned an insurance agency. Uh, this was 20 years ago at this point. And a friend of mine who had been very, very, very successful in the internet space came to me and he said, hey, Brian, uh, I want to start another internet company and you and I are going to be partners. And I'm going to move my internet company into the back offices of your insurance agency. We had a big, big building and we're going to build the internet company in the back and I'm going to put in $500,000 and both of us are going to owe the money back. Basically, you owe me if we don't succeed, but you're part of my, I give you equity in my new internet company. He'd been very, very successful. And I said, okay, sounds good, man. I now own this 30% of this internet company. It's going to be huge. A year goes by, actually nine months goes by. And my CPA comes into my office one day and he says, says, Brian, you got to shut that company down. I said, why? He goes, they've burned through the entire 500,000. They've made zero revenue. They're going to bankrupt you. You owe the money. That thing's toast. It's never going to work. Man, I was stressed. This was a guy, I mean, I'd been fighting for 20 years, making maybe $100,000 a year. I went home that night. I told my wife, I'm like, I got to get out of this thing, man. I owe a half a million dollars. I mean, I'm dying. Steve's got money. No big deal for him. The next day I come into the office, I sit down. Steve comes into my office. He goes, hey, man. We're going to buy another $66,000 of servers and I'll throw the money in. We'll just add it to the debt. And I said, Steve, are you kidding me? Frank was in here yesterday. He said, we're making no money, zero revenue, and the money's gone. Why in the world are we going to invest more? He said, it's going to work, Brian. I said, no, Steve, it's not working. He goes, Brian, I'm telling you, I've done this before. It's going to work. He said, Steve, if we've done even $1, we haven't done $1 of revenue. You're telling me here, I can't. I'm scared to death. And he goes, I'm going to say one thing to you. First of all, it's going to work, but I'll make you a deal. Give me my equity back. I'll wipe out your debt. You owe me nothing. We walk away as friends. But you need to tell me right now. And I remember sitting there looking at this guy. It was probably worth $20 million at the time, and I'm worth negative $10. And this ping pong ball is back and forth in my head, and I'm thinking, do I listen to me? who have never succeeded? Or do I listen to the person who has wildly succeeded sitting there telling me, this is what you need to do and it's going to work. And after about a minute, I thought, all right. I said, Steve, I'm in. I said, I, if I'm going down, I'm going down with you. So I'm in. And he goes, all right. I never want to hear that again. That was in December of 2001. January of 2020, January of 2002, we did our first deal. We ended up doing $6 million in revenue that year. We did $13 million the next year. The next year, we were on track to do $34 million, and we got bought out for $80 million. 
we went from no revenue to two and a half years later getting bought for $80 million. And I was, I was this close to listening to myself, the guy who had never succeeded instead of the guy who had. But I made that decision at the last second. And it scares me to death today to think about what my life would be like today, what my children's life would be like and my grandchildren's wife, life would be like. I got a tattoo that says I'm in now because it reminds me of that day. But that's my Cinderella story. I mean, out of no, I just, I, I could have said no. I said yes, and everything in the world changed. Well, you're a braver man than I am because I would have wanted a little bit more information than it's an internet company and it's going to work, <laughs> especially right <laughs> after the top bomb. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Crazy. Awesome. But it worked. So, uh, and congratulations, brother. That's awesome. Well, and that's one of the first time I learned you need to, sometimes you need to listen to somebody who's been there and done that, right? I had not, he had, I made that decision and I've had coaching in my life ever since. So what would you say are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now as they're listening to this and looking at those stumbling blocks and going, ah, oh, Brian, I need you so badly to help me overcome this stuff. What, sure. what would that stuff be? Yeah. So I wrote this article called the five keys of success. Uh, it was in Forbes not too long ago. And if I go through them real quickly, the first key to success for any entrepreneur is why are you doing this? Because you're going to have problems. You're going to fail. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have stress. You're going to have family issues. The world is against you. Nobody's here to help you. The government's against you. And your why I'm doing this better be so damn strong that you're willing to overcome all that or you will quit and you'll blame everybody else in the world when the, when the only thing that really happened here is you quit before you got to where you needed to go. So number one is why are you doing it? Number two, I always ask people, why you and why your product? If you're going to launch a business, I want to know why anybody would buy it from you and why they would buy your product anyway, right? If you're selling a product that's just another dime a dozen product, they can buy it anywhere. Then you better have something that's unique about you and your product that's going to drive them in or you're never going to scale your business, right? If your product is straight transactional and they can get the same thing up the street, you're never going to grow. So you need to figure out why they're going to buy your product, what's unique about it, and then why they're going to buy it from you. And those are, those are huge issues for an entrepreneur to figure out. The next one is um, you need to understand that if you have never been successful in business or you've never grown past where you are, that you don't know how, and you need to get a coach to come and help you. We talked about this in the beginning of our conversation today, right? You are who you are. You need to understand that and you need to check your ego and you need to bring somebody in who can help you grow your business, scale it, grow the profits, the revenues to get where you want to go. And then you need to understand those numbers we talked about. And if, and this is a big one, you know, you made the comment that so many entrepreneurs get all hung up on the numbers. Well, let me tell you something. You need to get unhung up on them. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry to tell you this, but if you don't understand the numbers, you're never going to succeed at a lot at a big level. You're not, not going to happen. So find somebody who is good at it, have them teach you how to, to identify those core metrics. Do Whoever's doing your accounting needs to be able to break those down for you. And you better get those numbers. I get mine weekly, every Thursday. You better get them weekly and a minimum monthly. And you better be tracking those metrics so that you know what's going on. Or if you're in business, you're going to find yourself going out of business very quickly. And if you haven't started, you're going to find yourself never scaling. So these are the big ones. These are the big five hangups that I, that I talk to people all the time. They're the same for every business without fail. Well, and 
based on my experience, I know that our listeners are going to want more from you. So how would they start their journey for it with you? Yeah. So I have a website. It's, it's www.brianwillmedia.com, brianwillmedia.com. And my three books are on there. My podcasts are on there. My blogs are on there. There's a link to my mastermind organization and my one-on-one coaching programs. I've got training courses on there. So everything that, that I like to say that an entrepreneur from one to 10 million needs in order to grow and scale their business is probably on there somewhere. Nice. Love it. So peeps, we will of course have all of Brian's links in the show notes. Go ahead and check those out and be sure to keep listening because there's more coming up. So Brian, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Uh, I have a, I'm the most unconventionally educated guy you'll ever meet. So grew up in a, we'll call it a rough home. Uh, every kind of abuse you can think of. Failed out of high school at 16. Managed to graduate, had to join the military, didn't have any place else to go. Uh, had no education of any kind, a bad attitude, a chip on my shoulder, didn't like to be told what to do. And so I really didn't have much choice when I was 19 years old or 20 years old. I started my own business. And then I had to suffer through all of those mental issues that I had for years until I figured out that the reason I wasn't succeeding was me. So I, I like to say I didn't have much choice. I was unemployable. And so I had to do my own thing. And that's what I did. Uh, I, I appreciate the tenacity with which you came through that. So that part of your story is awesome. And we're glad that you did, obviously. I appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. You've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? No, gosh, uh, if I, I leave everybody with, with the same advice, if you are building a business, you are scaling a business, find somebody 10 steps ahead of you. I don't care who it is. Make sure you vet them, make sure they know what they're talking about. Don't be sucked into this master class coach nonsense about from people who have never done anything. Find somebody who knows what they're talking about, get them to help you. Love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Michelle, this was awesome. Thank you. Peeps, thank you so much for being here today. This is Michelle Nedelec. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating. I like five stars personally and share with your friends.